What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 79 of the Podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. DJ, the content king, Lewis. I'm back. Hello. Welcome back, buddy. Thank and you. joining us for the first time here, Chloe, I don't have a fun nickname for you. What's up? Oh, Welcome. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> awesome. So glad to finally get you on the show. I'm excited um, to be here. So here's, I'm going to just pull this part of the curtain back real quick. Is it weird for you to be on the show considering you listened to it for so long before you like joined up? Well, like I had the same thing when we were recording the Games Club. Like I don't know where that's coming out in re- like relative to this episode, but I found my probably I, I found myself just like <laughs> sitting back and listening to the conversations more than participating in them just because I'm so used to just listening to it. So hopefully <laughs> it'll be better this time around, but it is definitely weird. <laughs> Yeah, you got to cut your teeth already on the game club, so that's good. Uh, which, yeah, which should be out tomorrow. Um, knock on wood. Otherwise, this is going to make me look bad. But uh, check out our game club on loopots.com, on YouTube, and on uh, this RSS feed tomorrow. Check it out. Fingers crossed. Okay, cool. So um, <laughs> if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the podcast, loopots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast where we get together to talk about all things Nintendo. Uh, if you guys are you know not familiar with what we do, we make content all around the web under the moniker Loopots. You can head over to loopots.com where we've got news and reviews. You can head, o- head over to our YouTube channel where we've got all kinds of cool video essays. Head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash loopots, to check out our weekly streams on Mondays, Thursdays, and sometime on the weekend. Um, Steve, you got any? Oh wait, you're moving it. You're moving your shift, aren't you? Yeah, I, yeah. There's too many Americans, so I'm probably going to be moving it. I'm not 100 percent sure yet, um, but yeah, probably going to be moving moving it to around. You think you're going to do it this week, or? Yeah, we'll see. Just keep keep okay, your eye great. on Discord because I'll be posting <laughs> it there. Speaking of which, you can come join our Discord to join the ever-growing community of potheads just like you who are uh, out here talking about, you know, all things Nintendo and other video games. We had a a couple spirited discussions about The Last of Us 2 this week, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute here. Um, And it's also a great place where you can uh, get your thoughts read on the air like the fine folks in our MailPot segment did. Uh, If you want to get involved in that and have your questions read, you can hit us over there or write to me at Pete at LootPots.com. Or, of course, head over to uh, at LootPots over on Twitter. Every Thursday before we record the show, we throw up a thread and get your questions. Uh, So uh, we hope you'll come be a part of the community, contribute to the show, all that fun stuff. Last but not least, if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash lootpots. And for just a buck, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, which airs every week on Tuesdays. Uh, actually, usually on Mondays now. DJ's been uh, turning that around a little bit quicker. So you get an extra, you know, hour or so of the show. And uh, we talk about all things not Nintendo. Um, it's the best way to support what we're doing here and uh, get you a little bit of extra show in your week. So uh, we hope you'll check that out, too. All right, so that's enough shilling. Let's jump into what we're playing this week. Um, every one of us but DJ has been playing The Last of Us 2, so let's start there. Mm-hmm. Chloe, I know you've completed it. Uh, dis- despite the fact that you have some um, concerns, I guess we could say, uh, about the second half of the game, you said that it's your game of the year right now. Yeah, I stand by it. Like, I, Obviously, I'm like the diehard Animal Crossing stand, and I didn't expect it to like overtake New Horizons so quickly but within like the first five hours of the game I was reminded of how much I liked the first one how it was probably one of my favorite games of all time and I immediately regretted not playing it in advance of the new one like I know Mm. Steve did quite recently so like again I'm you guys I'm not sure if you guys have got that far yet and anyone who's listening I think you'll understand 
if you've played it, you'll know the point I mean where it just sort of falters a bit, but I think the second half completely makes up for it and it is a fantastic game. Like, not the follow-up we all dreamed of, but, like, issues aside, still a fantastic, like, experience. Steve, where are you at in it right now? I'm on Seattle Day 3. Okay, so you're right past me. I just completed Day 2 last night and um, kind of watched the you know, string of cutscenes past that and then was like, this is a good place to stop for the night. So you're probably just a bit ahead of me. Where? How are you feeling about it right now? Uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. There are some, there's one gameplay mechanic they added. I think it was on Seattle Day 2 that I absolutely despise. I was going to ask you about that one, actually. Is it like spoiler territory? Like, or not really? No, not really. It's the dogs. I hate, oh, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate um everything about it i hate that they find me i hate that i've got to kill them and it's extremely gruesome when i kill them i just i really dislike it um it's really hard for me to just like get them with a knife or stamp on their head yeah i've been quite lucky in that i've been playing i mean i'm not like i generally don't play anything harder than like standard difficulty for games as like a general rule but for this one especially because it's such like cinematic story driven experience i was like i just want to like if i see a spoiler before i beat the game i'll know i'll be really really upset so i just wanted to like get through it at a pace that like like i was comfortable with but not taking ages so i'm like on a difficulty where i can just sort of sprint through areas where i don't want to play the stealth game so they haven't caused a massive issue for me, but I imagine if you're playing at the like standard to higher difficulties, they'd be so annoying, especially when it's such like a story-driven game as well. Like stuff like that, just completely hindering everything moving on. Moving on. I I definitely understand where you're coming from. Like I didn't like experience it, but I can imagine if you're being like st- like halted by it. I'm very very torn on it because like. I think it it feels like probably the worst offender of what I think um, a lot of the game's critics levy at it, which is that, like, it's gruesome, you know? And, like, the first game was gruesome. So, like, if you are surprised by it being gruesome, then I think that's kind of, like, more on your memory than it is on, like, The Last of Us 2, in my mind. To some extent, but, like, I just played The Last of Us, and this is, like, next level next level some well, of see, it. the way i some well, of where it i sure. stand on it as like as like finishing the game like i'm not like i gore and like gruesome and violence doesn't like affect my experience with the game like i can sort of tolerate it and but there was yeah. at the end of the game some that's at the point where and i sort of wonder if the reviews are referring to this maybe like one to two hour section in the game where it does just feel like like i never felt at any other point during the game that the violence was like gratuitous but there is like a very very small story segment that i imagine as soon as you guys play it you will know exactly what i'm talking about where it just feels yeah too much so i sort of wonder where the, like okay. at what point the reviews are talking about because 80 percent of through the game i was like no i just think they're not remembering the proper game quickly this isn't meant to be a happy ending but there is a very small point where i'm like actually this is because that encroaching on unpleasant i feel like i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop you know, like that's kind of been my experience is knowing that there is that um, and now hearing you validate that, right, that there is uh, portions of the game that feel that way um, is something that I'm, I've been kind of like waiting to happen because there's been stuff that's been like obviously really heavy and, you know, that's made me uncomfortable or upset me, but um, it's never felt like gratuitous, I don't think. Really, the only thing that's like actively made me uncomfortable has been the 
the the dog mechanic, you know, and like I I'm torn on it because I like the pressure that it adds and that my my desire to not kill them influences the way that I play. And like I kind of like that the game is like like and I think similarly in the way that like the NPCs say each other's names and stuff, you know, and like that's the thing that I think works for some people and works doesn't work for others. And like I kind of like that the game is challenging me to feel uncomfortable at sometimes, but it also feels like, you know, hey, I feel like the entire thing is doing that, so maybe we didn't need to make me kill a dog like every 30 minutes. Yeah. Because I'm just not about it. <laughs> and and there's, there have been some points where I wish there was more choice as well. That There's one cutscene uh, where, like, Ellie's getting increasingly more angry and it, like, really wants you to press square, and I just did not want to press I know square. exactly the one you mean. I'm like, this I isn't a spoiler, but that feeling continues and one of my biggest complaints with the game is that the way they finished the first one obviously i won't like say the spoilers but i think most people are like familiar with the concept but it sort of like leaves what happens at the end quite open like it never says whether it was a good decision or a bad decision you're sort of left like mulling that over yourself whereas i find in the second one particularly in the last like quarter of the game it sort of puts you in positions that you don't want to be in and you can't progress the story without engaging in a fight that you don't want to be in and with a game like the last of us where you like even if you've like not played the game like the first one since it came out you learn to love the characters just because of how the game's written and portrayed and like you end up putting being put in positions you just wouldn't want to be in if you had the choice and that's one of my biggest complaints about the game is that when the last of us was left so open-ended the last of us 2 follows like a very set narrative and it's also i feel like the majority of fans like don't want to see it that way so it's yeah it's a difficult one like the ending like the last couple hours are really like challenging to play through and not even like gameplay wise just emotionally yeah like it sounds dramatic but it was having to i knew that i had to like go through a specific like combat to get to progress the story and there's no you have no say in it see it's so it's so interesting because like i i agree with you in, in ter- and I, I can only speak to the scene that Steve is referencing because that's as far as I've gotten, right? So in that example anyway, right? Did I want to do those things? No. Did I want the character to do those things? No. But the fact that she does and that I have to have a role in it is, I think, very, very narratively effective. And, like, it that's the story they're trying to tell right is that like it's like to your point chloe earlier it's not supposed to be a happy ending in the scene you're talking about but there'll be points that become apparent to you where it's it's beyond telling a narrative it's beyond telling ellie's story and like and it just feels her, it's again i'm not going to spoil it because it is a big moment but it's not like oh this is uncomfortable but i understand it needs to happen to push the story it is just right. uncomfortable like full stop okay and it's I'm very really, interested. really difficult. And like, I only know one person who's played the game, like beat the game at this point, and they're an acquaintance, so I'm not ready to like put all my emotions out there. So if anyone else has finished it and needs to like debrief, like hit me up because like I can't discuss it with anyone yet and I'm suffering in silence. I'll be How finishing this? it this weekend. I 100% yeah. will be finishing it this weekend. Like, Next are, week, let's, are we doing let's a spoiler, do a spoiler cast? cast? Because I'm, yeah. I'm all in. Let's do it. After dark, we'll do a spoiler I'm all cast. In. Let's do it. All right, so uh, DJ's eyes are, like, glazing over, so we're going to talk about something else. Uh, thank you for indulging us in that. Um, <laughs> He's turned into a clicker. <laughs> quick, everyone run. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, I get it because it's, it's a big game and everyone's talking about it. So I, I completely understand. It's the kind of thing where I think if you had a PS4, I would have talked you into playing it by now. But because you have no mm. means to play it, I feel yeah. bad that we're just no having to like, discuss either, really. this. See, as someone who, or me and like me and DJ hate all games, like we don't like games. Mm-hmm. But if even I can buy into The Last of Us, I know you can. Yeah. I know you sure. can. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh, the, the way I've described it to people who haven't played it, it, it does just feel like watching a film. So if you like put it on a difficulty you're comfortable cool with, with and just enjoy the story yeah, or just watch I, I the hbo series when it comes out because oh I'm i sure forgot about that i like the walking dead is this kind of in that realm i think if yes. you like the walking dead you'll like this because it's it's good for the same reasons the walking dead is good mm-hmm. um okay. in that like it uses uh you know they're not zombies technically they're they but they are infected right it's very much still that kind of I have of... to keep telling that to Macaulay every time and it, I don't know why it bothers me so much I'm like they're not zombies No I don't know I've why. done exactly the same I was asking a friend if like they happened to be playing it cuz I just finished it I needed like support and they're like yeah. oh is that the zombie one and I was like you're not wrong, but it's doing the story such a disservice to call You're it the wrong, zombie but game. You are wrong. Like this isn't Dead Rising Two. This is The Last of Us. Like they're not in the same, not in the same league. Um, okay. but yeah, I mean, uh, I I think that like as someone who is a, a fan of um, the Walking Dead comic and the first few seasons of the show, um, <clears throat> I I think that they're very much good for the same reason, and I think that they're like in the upper echelon of the genre, you know, like yeah. in that same conversation. So like if you are into the whole, Hey, we're going to use post-apocalypse and, you know, um, zombie tropes to, uh, to tell a, a story about, you know, humanity and, and what it means to be human. And, you know, uh, in this case, like revenge and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's, it uses those things to explore, those kind of deeper themes. So I think you would connect with it. Hmm. Fair enough. He so, says without a PlayStation. So yeah, I mean, watch the cutscenes on YouTube. I, I have two. You could always borrow my PlayStation. Uh, you let's know, go. Just saying, I got two. Post COVID, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, or just show up, and I'll I'll put it in a garbage bag and put it outside, and then when you bring it home, you just disinfect it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's that's the method right there. Uh, so, all right, Chloe, you were also playing one other non-Nintendo game that we're going to get through real quick, and then I promise it's all Nintendo from here on out, uh, <laughs> which you checked out a game that I fell in love with last year, which is Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, so I actually, like, I like Star Wars. I've never played a Star Wars game properly, and I've heard, like, the reviews on this one were, like, it's very good for Star Wars games, because I know they've not been the best as of late. They've been bad for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, but so I actually bought this on PS4 back in like December or January. And I played through the first planet. I didn't really connect with it. But then again, I mean, I've probably spoken to you about this before. I don't know why I just have such an aversion to playing on PS4. Like I'm, I could have you the did. best game on a PS4 and I just don't want to play on it. And then I picked up Jedi Fallen Order on PC because now I have a functioning PC that runs games. And it's just suddenly like clicked. Like I don't know what was different. I like I don't know what it is but I'm only a couple planets in as well but again so much fun and it's got a really good story I thought it was just gonna be a run around like a fun 3d Star Wars world for a bit but I'm like very like in on the story at the moment so the cast is so good I love I love your little squad you know they're like yeah they're so much fun it's just like it's one of those ones where you find yourself asking more questions 
in the early parts of the game than like you're receiving answers which is when i know i'm like i have to beat this now then to find it all out so yeah no i'm yeah i'm enjoying it yeah it's a that's a great game for anyone who who hasn't checked it out um i was excited to see you put that on the list i'm doing swapsies with my dad once i finish the last of us for that game Nice. He, oh my he, he, he that's a that good trade <laughs> yeah so we, but like because i've been playing them at the same time and i was it was weird to think that like these might end up being my like in my top five games of all time and like playing at the same time i was like wow like this is a good time for games oh yeah uh i i remember the the time i felt that the most in my life was the week that horizon zero dawn and then breath of the wild came out and i was just like what a like what a bountiful year this is <laughs> Do you know, I, I, we're going to get the same thing next year. A new Horizon and probably a new Breath of the Wild in the same year. Yeah, I hope I hope they come out within a week of each other again. That would be so baller. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, we're committed to this from now on. <laughs> uh, all right, so then the last game you had on your list, Chloe, was uh, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, which I know you were streaming over on your Twitch channel. Yeah, so I, I've only played like the first like two, two and a half hours, so I'm not super far in. But I've decided, like, to do... I know, from, like, talking to you guys, I've established that, like, what everyone considers, like, the best Nintendo games, I never played because I was too busy, like, playing, like, Nintendogs and Mario Kart. So I'm like, now I should probably <laughs> catch up with everyone else. And with the new one, like, upcoming, I was like, oh, I'll try out the other one and then, like, get the new one if I like this one. And, like, so far, again, only two hours in, so, like, not a huge, like, way in, but it is so fun. And, like, I was thinking about, like, I've never felt like a Mario world with so much character. And that's not to speak to, like obviously like the physical characteristics of Mario games because they're obviously all fantastic but they never feel like lived in so going through these villages yes. where there's like characters there's houses there's mares they're all like making fun of each other they're making fun of Mario he's like I don't really know what the lore is in this game but for some reason Mario's like famous everyone knows who he is and I'm like it's so funny to just be like going through these like Mario worlds where there's like people and like people live there it's like a really weird experience and so yeah I'm like I'm a fan. Like, I'm really liking it so far. That's definitely, like, a good introduction to the series because I've never played Thousand Year Door, but I think by all accounts, people think that that's the best one. I've heard that's the best. I know, like, Chewie's our resident expert on Paper Mario, so I made sure to, like, like pick his brain beforehand, and he was like, no, that's, like, a, definitely a good one to start off with. But, yeah, it's really fun, and I'm pretty sure it's quite a long game as well. I think it's, like, upwards of 30 hours, so it's going to take a long time to get through it, but... Like, for now, I'm, like, committed. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> just diving in on those long games right now, aren't you? Like, summer's coming up, and you're just like, I'm not going outside, I'm just staying Yeah, in. well, I'm I mean, like, I have no plans for the foreseeable game. future. So I'm like, <laughs> like maybe maybe I'll play The Witcher after all. Maybe I'll finish Breath of the Wild this summer. Who knows? Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, this is, like, 30 to 40 hours. You've well, got, see, like, you've got that's crazy time. for a Mario game. Um, that- not for an RPG, though. Right, which is, like, this is, like, the Mario RPG, you know stem of the mario franchise i must have got like 50 plus hours out of uh odyssey though yeah the 3d marios are usually pretty pretty lengthy they can be i mean um, odyssey you can also just get a ton of time out of because there's so much there's so you just get uh, stars or yeah moons and yeah coins i was unlocking every you know freaking outfit yeah i need to i need to revisit odyssey i think i think i got the like one of the like post game worlds but i'm i think there's three so I definitely still have a lot to get out of that game that I haven't touched yet. So you should definitely go back and finish Breath of the Wild. I've, I know like, <laughs> it's actually 
It's my worst personality trait at this point. Like, not finishing Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that is the worst thing about me as a person. And it's not even, not like, DJ who did, like, did, like, a couple of hours said it wasn't for him. Like, I have, like, 60, 70 hours in this game. So there's no excuses. Like, it clearly, like, resonated with me. It's just, like, doing those Divine Beast dungeons. I'd rather just run around Hyrule and just have a good time. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um... I played that game in like two or three major chunks because I put a ton of time into it when it first came out and then I decided I was going to pause to finish Horizon because going back and forth was fucking with my brain and I kept jumping off cliffs with Aloy with no glider and (laughs) all kinds of stupid stuff like that. I was like, I can't. They're too similar right now. Well, I've been doing the same with um, The Last of Us and Jedi Fallen Order. I'd be like running around, can't remember who can swim and then I'll like try to get Ellie to use the force and I'm like, wait, she can't do that. (laughs) So it's like, it was messing with me a bit, but... (laughs) Yeah, sometimes juggling games just gets to be too much. Um, Usually it's fine because they were like third person, like action based things. I was like, who can use the force and who can't? <laughs> you think you think you'd remember that distinction? <laughs> <laughs> no. The the one with the lightsabers usually. Yeah. I'll remember yeah. that next time. True, true. <laughs> so DJ, you unlike me who is a total scumbag this week and just played The Last of Us. Uh, you have been putting some time into Pokemon Swords Isle of Armor DLC. Uh, and working on completing the Galar decks. How's that been yes. going? Uh, good. Yeah, I'll I'll keep it brief just because, you know, we're already like a half hour in. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I think that the DLC as a whole is worth it, but probably not for the reasons people would think. Like, I don't... Like, I think the exploration value is, is really what makes it worth it. Um, mm-hmm. I wish that they would have given us, like, a little bit more, like, mustard lore is what I'm calling it. <laughs> um, I'm all in. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish we could get a little more because I, I like I steamrolled that in like two hours you know what I mean mm-hmm. but not to say that there's not value there just because I was level 100 and they only scale up to 60 so other people might get a little bit more out of it but I think it's worth it just for the new wild area it's like I notice a huge quality difference huge quality yeah, difference huge like so. maybe slight but it still doesn't look very good maybe that's me me coming off other games but and again, I'm not coming at this from like a diehard Pokemon fan perspective either, but the wild area, like I, it doesn't look nice. This looks really good, I, in my opinion. I think when you compare it to other games, like it's de- that's definitely fair to to like ding it. But I think like comparing um, the wild area in the base game compared to the Isle of Armor, I think it's like a night and day. Really, I tell you, I had not think I've properly like been in the wild area since playing the DLC, which I played a bit of, not as much as DJ, like I have not beat the story, but just maybe it's me coming from like different games, different consoles back to back into Pokemon. Cause I never had any huge yeah. problems with Pokemon when I played it, when it came out, but coming back now, I'm like these textures, they yeah, I mean, don't I, look nice. I think, I think it's like a, a totally fair criticism of the game where like, when you're talking about any Pokemon game, I think almost everything you say about it that isn't about the battles like comes with the caveat of for a Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's that's what I would say um, when I say you know quality difference in a positive way. It's yeah. definitely in comparison to the base game and other Pokemon games. And I hope we can get to a point where we don't have to do that. Um, Me but too. We'll see. <laughs> uh, well, I I think that the DLC is a step in the right direction, just like the base game was a step in the right direction. I think. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. 
But also, yeah, DJ, like, don't forget to mention you did. I watched you breed a shiny on stream. So oh, yeah, let's discuss. No, without the shiny, shiny charm. charm. No shiny charm. I was wow, really? To, yeah, I was trying to hatch um, a competitive togepi because I wanted a toga kiss. I'm like, this is better. Like, I have to get in, and then yeah. just randomly just popped out. Boom. Do you do you have uh, an extra like? Can I have some togepi fodder? You want to hook me up? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I got Thanks, you. Bro. Yeah, Thanks, bro. yeah. I, re- I really have no idea what any of you are talking well, about. DJ sat quietly for like 45 minutes while we talked about The Last of Us, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, what the hell's like a shiny charm and stuff? Like, I have ca- I came from Let's Go, where it's I just, you game. know, run around and you just, you, just, you just keep catching stuff. That's the, but that's the thing, Chloe, like you might be, I, I wouldn't even say you're a noob anymore, like you're oh, like no. a novice. Like no. you're like you're you're trying to learn. I and thought get, I learned. Like, I thought I was on my way, and then I've spoken to like you, DJ, and like Matthew about competitive Pokemon. And I'm like, nah, I'm way off my depth here. No, but like, I know but you can get there. Like, I don't you're think I can. I really it. believe that I could, and the longer I get into it, I'm like, maybe I should have played this game 15 years ago. That's <laughs> never too late now. No, it's never too late. <sighs> I think I think you've already broken like the toughest barrier. Like by which is like learning about EVs and IVs and breeding and all that crap. Like once mm-hmm. you know that and like can wrap your head around that aspect of it, I think like learning to play the game just comes down to like getting your hands on a somewhat comp- competent build and then just losing until you start winning. I hope you're right. Like I really do. Like I'm ready to go all in on competitive Pokemon, but like I'm not seeing the fruits of you're, my labor so lose. far. You're going to lose. I lost three, four, five, six times, and then I won. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I understand how to use this team now. And then you go from there, and you learn the meta. And the meta is going to change, especially with That's the Isle worst part. Like, you can't just have one good fall. team that's going to see you through the next eight generations of Pokemon. Like, it no. doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, you can. There, it's just you there, might lose. <laughs> there is crossover, though, right? Like, there are definitely some Pokemon that are, like, almost always good. So it's like you can bank yes. on some old reliables for sure. I would say that it's probably more so that than like, you know, I I don't know of yet any Pokemon that literally went from overused to never used or like just completely trash. It does happen. But the longer we talk about this, the more that we risk Steve turning into a clicker now. So <laughs> I'll I just say gonna... not not this gen yet. No, Previously not yet. this gen yet. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's I'm just waiting for yet. like. Pete, I'm ready for the series where you teach me all about it and I become a pro. I'm like, saying, we're going to get this we'll, going. We'll get there I'm eventually. Gonna, we're going to get there. We're going to start doing showdown battles on my Twitch channel and I'm going to I'm gonna show you the ropes. We're going to do this. I'm ready I'm to listen learn. to lo-fi hip-hop and talk about Pokemon. <laughs> That's how I taught uh, DJ how to edit. I was like, 50% of editing a podcast is playing Pokemon Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of Pokemon... Uh, we got some more news this week and some more backlash this week because, of course, we did because Surprise. it's Pokemon. Classic so, Pokemon fans. Yeah. Uh, of course, Pokemon fans are up in arms about something. I don't even... You know what? I don't even think he's Pokemon fans most of the time. When you, you see all the, like, oh, the trees look terrible. Oh, look at that shadow. It's not even people that play Pokemon. Like, Pokemon fans don't give a crap about any of that stuff they just have no, these are the people that are going to pick it up anyway is what it is but also like in their eyes what constitutes a good pokemon game that's the thing i never get my head around like i was talking to my sister about this today is that like every time something is announced and like like i've said before i'm like very new to pokemon as like a game as a series i can't oh, speak yeah. to like eight generations worth of experience with it 
but whatever's announced, no one's happy. So I sort of wonder, like, what what do they want out of it at this point? I that's the problem, right? Like, so before we're even going to get into the announcement, I'm going to hop on a, up on a soapbox and answer this. Uh, one of the one of the most like poignant tweets I saw during the the backlash that we're about to co- have a conversation about is that like. A lot of people are mad because it wasn't a Let's Go Johto announcement and it wasn't a Gen 4 announcement. And these are the same people who will complain that they need to extend the dev cycle of these games and they put out too many Pokemon games, but then when they don't get the announcement of the game they want, they throw a hissy fit. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? What are you going to do? Um, but the game we did see uh, was Pokemon Unite, which is a... Uh, exciting five-on-five strategic team battle game that is coming to uh, Nintendo Switch and mobile devices. I thought it looked fine. Like, no complaints here. I'm I'm with you, Chloe. I know Steve was sour on it. Um, It's... I was sour. I thought it was cool that it's all cross-platform, and then I just said it's not for me, but, like... It was a Pokemon game to start with, and then they added a MOBA to it, so it's yeah. It's like strike one, strike. I think my biggest thing was is that like obviously I'm not super in tune with all Pokemon news that happens. I really don't have expectations for these kind of things because I'm not looking forward to anything because I have no idea what like what Pokemon tend to do. But I thought people expecting like a mainline game, not mainline game, but like like their game of the not game of the year, but like the Pokemon game of the year, like the big remakes, a big let's go, dropping at the same time as the crown of tundra which is obviously the dlc part two i could not see pokemon trying to push two triple a pokemon games coming out at the same time and supporting that so for me i was immediately it's either going to be a mobile game or a spin-off game so i was like i had managed my own expectations based on like could i really see them trying to push two huge games at the same time and for me that felt like a like no they're not gonna do that of course not Right and like that's that's what the DLC was and is and they've communicated they said that you know they literally yeah. said this is taking the place of this. Did they actually so, like sp- say that? Because I know everyone had of of like a, a third version. Oh, Pokemon, oh, I see which what you mean. Have come I was this year. Interesting. So, so the third version of each games do they usually come within within a year or so? Yeah, it's like Ultra Sun. Yeah, it's usually the year after. Yeah, that came the year yeah. after, and it's like it was literally the following fall yeah that was my question this dlc is such a much more compelling proposition to me because like yes like i say like i'm a pokemon noob i don't play it but i put 100 hours into shield i completed the pokedex like i'm not a huge pokemon fan but i went in on this game a free version of a free third version could come out and i wouldn't replay it just to get to new content no and I, i wouldn't either you know um whereas i will play this and i'm excited to play this you know so like that's one thing right but, but you're typically a MOBA fan right so yeah like I like League of Legends like looking at this like I, I'm not immediately turned off by this I think I I have concerns about it because it's like yes it's a MOBA but it's definitely not a traditional MOBA it doesn't have a lot of the things that are kind of hallmarks of the you know the genre I guess is the word I'm looking for um, which is fine Right, like there's nothing wrong with it being different, but it looks a little, it looks potentially shallow. Well, so, that's like, what I was thinking with it. In that, like, obviously, Nintendo have often like shied away from like integrated voice chat, like communicating within the game, 
And I sort of took that as when you can't properly coordinate with your team, it's like mechanically, it's going to be quite shallow compared to other games, I think, which is fine, though, if you like go into it knowing that. Well, I think even with, like, communications and stuff, like, a lot of, like, again, League of Legends, for example, right? They didn't have built-in comms until, like, fairly recently, actually, in the game's life cycle. So, like, I think if they're, if this game is good, like, people will use Discord, they'll use whatever they're going to use and, and communicate the way they're going to communicate with the people they game with already. Um, I think, like, for me, it's looking at, like, some of the mechanical things that are different and the way that, like, objectives are being taken and then the fact that there isn't like item builds and like there's things that i think may um turn off people who are like into mobas like myself because it won't feel as deep as like league of legends so like i i what i think will happen with this game is it'll come out i'll be excited to try it i'll play it for a few weeks and then i'll be like it's pretty good but what i really want to do is actually play league of legends again for another two weeks and then stop playing that until i get the itch again um isn't that like the Pokemon like remit though? It's it's a JRPG, but it isn't quite. And then this is now like this is a MOBA, but it isn't quite. Like there seems to be. It's like your first introduction. Into There's also it. other games like this. Like there, uh, if this is being made by um, Minute, which is a studio owned by Tencent. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, oh, Timmy! Studios, thank you. Right, Minute's yeah. that video game that has the same letters <laughs> except for the M. Um, yeah, Teeny, and they, uh, they're they probably most known for Call of Duty Mobile, but they have another game. It's like Battle of Kings or something that's like a similar like mobile, MOBA light type game. Um, so this isn't unprecedented. I think it's just like if, it's, if it feels like more of a mobile game than, you know, quote-unquote Pokemon League of Legends or Pokemon Dota, then I can't necessarily see myself getting into it for more than like just to check it out and like see how it plays. But I'm hopeful that it will be deeper and more than that and that it will catch my attention because I do like MOBAs and I, you know, I'm totally down for the idea of this. And, you know, aside from Chloe, like I've had a few friends who expressed interest and were like, yo, like we should play together. Like, let's try to get a team going. And like, I think I know at least five people who want to play. So like, we should be able to get a squad rolling. I, I was just going to say, I think this is going to be a game that's probably, I don't want to say only going to be fun. But going to be more fun when you know people who play it. Definitely. Mm. And my thing is, like, Playing I've never yourself. played like a MOBA properly either, so I'm not gonna. My perception of this is not gonna be like, oh, this doesn't compare to League in this way. So I'm going in with right. like a completely fresh thing. But then there was another thing that was mentioned actually, is that the reason why it was announced in a separate presents to last week's stuff yes. is that obviously Timmy, Timmy or whatever it is is like a Chinese developer. Like mobile gaming over there is much bigger than it is here, and like this announcement was for that market. More than anything else. And also, um, for those who aren't aware, right, like Tencent is a Chinese company and they are the biggest Chinese game company, um, one of the biggest game companies in the world, uh, even though you don't hear their name as much as, you know, all the other Western and Japanese players. Um, Tencent actually owns Riot, which is the developer of League of Legends outright now. And a um, big chunk of Epic Games, which obviously has like Fortnite as well. So Fortnite. they're like behind the scenes, but. That, and very they own involved. similar chunks of, of companies like Ubisoft and, um, you know, a, a lot of other developers and publishers that you do know, they have stake in a lot of them. Um, so Tencent is like a sleeping giant. And their their games have access to the Chinese market in a way that most other games don't. Um, historically, like, it, it has been illegal to import video games or consoles for 
uh, decades in China, and that ban was only lifted within the last, I want to say, four years. It might be five. Um, and because of that, there are still a lot of franchises and you know uh, developers, publishers that don't don't and have never had any access to Chinese markets. So this game being made by this developer, uh, which already has a huge hit game in China that makes like a billion dollars a month, um, has an opportunity to hit that market and make Pokemon a thing and print money. So to your point, Chloe, I think that's the real goal of this game more than anything and if it gets an audience that you know in the west like great i think it's one of those things as well where like we might not necessarily be pleased with the announcement but at the end of the day we for like market potential for a game like that the like west and like the nintendo community we're familiar with actually represent just like potentially half of what opening that up to everyone else could be as well so like yeah it's like pokemon fans might be disappointed by how this announcement was hyped up and what it ended up to be but i also think it's really easy to come at it from like you just treat yourself as the entire like potential market for something when really there is so much else out there and so much potential to make money as well and another thing actually is that i read some i don't know if this is actually true but i think it was like a someone was like making theory on twitter that the first announcement games were not available in china full stop which is why they had to do this one that was big for china as a separate announcement i don't know if you guys heard about that and if it was like um true but it makes sense that like it did feel like an underwhelming big next week announcement but yes it makes sense considering like the like 10 cent and stuff yeah i i don't think it i don't think it was underwhelming and i don't think they oversold it all they said is we have a big project and like this is a big project they gave their ip to an external studio to make a mobile game that's cross-platform with nintendo it's going to be released in china i don't even know if sword and shield has no. seen a no that's Chinese it, it hasn't and, uh, and this is like a way to get pokemon into china like 10 cent the only way you can buy a switch in china is the 10 cent nintendo switch which has a completely yes. separate eShop and does not play games that are imported from outside that's of interesting. china like that's the thing like the more you think about this announcement it just makes sense that like if they can get people in the West in on this game, fine, it makes the money, it will have like microtransactions, but we clearly weren't the like first priority audience for it. But no. Either way, like it looks like a fun game and I'm definitely gonna give it a go. Yeah, that's the thing. Even with that context, I'm interested in it and I'm gonna give it a shot. So I hope it comes together. But um we're gonna move on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to talk about this game again in the future when it's like actually out. So, um, you know, get ready for people to be mad because it is the internet and we are talking about video games. So uh, next up, we had uh, the Smash presentation on ARMS, which uh, we talked about last week, and we got the reveal that it is Min Min who's going to be joining the cast of Smash Brothers, uh, which I think um, there was a fair amount of speculation about this because uh, there's been a lot of fan polls who were like who's the most popular fighter and Min Min is regularly one or two um but it actually ended up turning out according to Sakurai uh that it was actually just the um the producer whose name I don't have in front of me Yabuki Yabuki thank you uh who he's just Min Min's his favorite character and that's the character they wanted in the it game it was just like I want Min Min so that's awesome um so she's coming out on june 29th uh which is you know right around the corner obviously next monday uh and we also got the announcement of vault boy uh as a me costume as well as 
Oh my which God. was amazing. I was like, I'm so excited. I was like, how that. is this crazier than the fighter announcements of like, why is this a thing? Well, like Cuphead so as crazy. a Cuphead as a me fighter was like, yeah, crazy. Because was that the first was time Sans? there was like an indie yeah, I, title as well? Like, I screamed. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Undertale? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Um, I really, really, really want it to like foreshadow proper Fallout coming to Switch, though, and it not just being like a reference to Fallout, Fallout um, the Vault one. Uh, so then, yeah, they also had Hihachi from uh, the Tekken franchise. Um, there were, uh, TJ, remind me their names, the um, the musicians from Splatoon. Oh, I, I don't remember. What? You don't you remember their names? fake fan. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the musicians well, from Splatoon? Yeah, the you stand the soundtrack? Oh, Marina I thought Pearl? you were... Oh, you want about the Squid yeah, the, Sisters? Yeah, the... Callie and oh, Marina. Are you talking about um, Pearl and Marina? I don't remember which one of the two. But the one Splatoon of the two, two is Pearl and Marina. Okay, it's probably them. I thought like, you meant like the real these? people who wrote the music for Splatoon. No, no, like the characters. <laughs> no, the characters. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of good additions there. Uh, overall, with Min Min, I I know I'm I'm like the only one who really like cares about Smash. I didn't even watch anymore. the presentation. I think you're also the only one that cares yeah, about Yeah, I'm, I'm out on both counts here. Yeah. So I yeah. I was definitely uh I was definitely stoked about this. She looks very interesting. Um I feel like she's going to be pretty tough to play, but I am like definitely excited for her inclusion and like what it potentially means for the future of Arms. Um we did get a question from AJ from Fanatics 4 where he asked this very very like inside Hi, baseball question that I have no idea how to answer but he did <laughs> say also who wants to fight my day one min min and I'm going to go ahead and say not me buddy. Let's go. Let's do it AJ. Yeah, you can wipe the floor with DJ. I'll, I'll do it. I can just do the same move, the move I do all the time which is jump up and down as Kirby and then that slammy thing cuz that's all I know how to do. Oh, you know, yeah, that's it. That's my favorite thing to do as Kirby is to eat someone, then jump off and spit them out so they die and then fly back up. It's yeah. like the most oh, the that's absolute genius. scumbag that's tactic, and it's amazing. <laughs> I went to a Comic Pal stream, and you guys were playing Smash, and I remember AJ came by and was like, what the heck, man? Like, you got to get your, like, guard edge edge tech and, and this and that, and I'm like... Yeah, I'm dude, never going to play you in Smash, dude. You're going to kick my ass. Like I am with Pokemon now, there was a period when Smash Ultimate came out, which, again, my first Smash game. And I was like, maybe I'll like try and learn how Smash works. Like, I completed the, I was about to call it the Pokedex, the like character roster. And um, I was like, okay, I'll try some online. Just got my ass kicked. And I was like, maybe I should learn about invincibility frames. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, there is far too much going on in this game for me to like, like get I good anytime soon. I can't. <laughs> I've tried and I'm just like, I don't know. It's not worth it. Yeah. No. I was I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they had like one of the the players on, the um competitive players. I can't remember who it was, but um they were talking about how like if you want to get good at a game like that, you that you just have to play that. You can't play anything else and you just have to like dedicate your life to basically playing Smash and that will be all you play in order to be able to like master a specific character. And then yeah. once you master that one specific character, like move on to a different That's one. the thing with Smash is like finding a character with like the moves you sort of like can deal with and then trying to master that as well. Like it's just like I Kirby. admire anyone that's like good at Smash. You, you have to know everyone insane. else's moves as well. Like, yeah, that's the thing, especially in a game like Ultimate, yeah. when you have like eighty other potential characters, you need to know exactly what move they have to counter them, and it's just not for me. So the last piece of news we have today is that uh, Animal Crossing announced the summer update number one. 
which will have another wave coming in early August. Uh, and it's got a few uh, big updates coming to the game, uh, the most notable of which obviously being uh, diving, which we first saw in New Leaf. Uh, plenty. So excited. What's that? I'm so this, excited. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. So, like, I wish I hadn't had it spoiled because I, like, played the video and, like, I, it would have been such a cool, like, thing where he just, like, walks over to the water and he, like, jumps in. Like, if that was in the middle of a Nintendo Direct, everyone would have freaked <laughs> yeah. out. But, like, you knew it was coming because they, like, wrote it in the sure. tweet. yeah. But, I mean, I think... Even so, right, obviously this is, like, a pretty big addition. I think this is, like, the most significant update that the game has seen, probably, um, period. Uh, I mean, arguably... No, the last one was, like, huge, where they added, like, wedding season and the new stuff on the museum and, like, all of that stuff. That was, like, a big update. Yeah, I'm not... We got, like, art gallery with red and I was going to say since that one, I feel like it's the biggest because, oh, right, like... Okay. Not to say that those haven't been big, but, like, this adds, like, a pretty big new mechanic... You know, that will, like, actively change the way you play a little bit, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and obviously, they um, there's sea creature donations at the museum, so there's new stuff to expand uh, your aquarium, which is cool. Uh, and then we also have uh, Pascal, who you can um, exchange, uh, what is it, clams with and get, uh, like, a mermaid set of furniture, which is pretty cool. I'm so excited to see that mermaid set back. Like, that was my favorite set in New Leaf. I even had, like, the interior of my house with the, like, mermaid theme. So seeing it not in New Horizons <laughs> broke my heart. And I was thinking today, now we have the mermaid set back and can place furniture outside. Like, my beach environments are about to be are beautiful. Next level. Like, they're going to look great. <laughs> yeah, and the thing with Gulliver and the new outfit was interesting. I didn't, like, know what to make of that. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. I'm wondering if, like, he's going to have new items. Like, in... I hope so. That would be really cool. Um, and then there only like there's not too much else to go on, but there does seem to be kind of a clue as to what's coming in the August update, which is uh, there were fireworks in um, the uh, you know it says coming early August summer update number two, and there's fireworks in the background. And players of New Leaf will remember that in August, uh, I believe it's every Friday night. There's fireworks. Um, so I'm imagining we're going to see something similar here. So yeah. it might get me, it might get me to come back because uh, it's been a hot minute since I've played Animal Crossing. Yeah, it, it's been My about a month for town's me. probably going to be riddled. I'm unfortunately out. <laughs> you're, you're out. You said I, I, I might check in and try it, but for me personally, so here's the thing. It makes sense. Um, I think that it keeps the interest of the game kind of flowing but for me personally, the ship has kind of sailed. I'm in the same boat. I, I can't really. See you too, there. Chloe. I went all in on that first month, and like I've like had this discussion with a couple of people people before. This is like through no fault of the game, but I think like I was I, this was my most looked forward to game for years. I had mm. suddenly had all of the free time in the world in lockdown, and I put way too many hours in in those first like six weeks for like to sustainably continue playing it. I like I'm annoyed about it because obviously this was like my favorite series and I'm annoyed I exhausted it so soon but I'm at the point where just like walking around my own island I'm like I don't want to be here anymore <laughs> I've considered it but not completely scrapping a save I would definitely like I put far too many hours into this one to scrap my file I think I've like, considered getting a switch light to try again but at that point I think 
Okay, that's well, dedication. Just buying a whole. Well, that, that's, that's the state of Nintendo save files right now. <laughs> but I also remembered how like how much hours I've put into my island, like connecting, collecting furniture, even just progressing up to like the three star island rating. Like if I could start from scratch and not have to do all that story stuff at the start, like I would consider it. But at this point, I'm just like fa- just time well, travel. That's the thing. I never ended up time traveling on my save, and now it's getting to a point where if I get more enjoyment out of it, I might just have to start like time skipping. Yeah, I, I think you should. Like, I, I, I think if you're wanting to get back into Animal Crossing, it's just the fact that you've like done your island and you're happy with it. Then you do need to just start again. Like, I got to that point in Stardew Valley where it was just like, I've got yeah, I'm else too to far do. out of this to like pick it back and up. And so I, yeah, so I just started a new farm. See, it's funny because I, I definitely put a lot of time into the game, but I think I put about a hundred hours less than you. Yeah, uh, Chloe, and. <laughs> I think, like, I'm at a point now where, like, I haven't played it in a month and, you know, um, my fiance is still kind of playing it off and on. Uh, so when, like, she picks it up, I'm very much like, oh, man, I kind of miss playing this game. And, you know, I have a lot of other things to play and I have had a lot of other things to play in the month that I put it down. So I think, you know, maybe when I'm done with all the games I'm working on right now, which is, like, kind of fast approaching, you know, um, I could see myself, like, wanting to pick it back up. I've been kind of looking for an excuse to pick it back up. And I think particularly if this update, you know, gets, like, some of the community back into it and stuff like that, that might motivate me to stream it again. And, you know, that's the balls rolling again. So Yeah, I think um, it'd be one of those things where it's the kind of game where you could dip in in three years and have, like, a good, like, couple of days or a week with it. But for me now, like we're still quite fresh off the release and i my 250 hours in it so for now sure i'm leaving it but i don't want to start a save file because i don't want to go through the story again but then if i do pick it up in a couple of months or even a year like you can just sort of pick up where you left off again so like for now i'm out on it but i want to be able to pick it up again in the future well all that stuff will be waiting for you right so it's like you know maybe not the seasonal stuff but a lot of the stuff that's being added over time is stuff that you'll be able to appreciate yeah. when you do come back. I went to go I went to go back and play it a few weeks ago and I forgot that I'd left it just as someone had moved out and I was so <laughs> pissed off that someone I hated and had moved in I just refused to play the game. I just uh, uh, Isabel was just like, "Oh, we've got a, a new arrival. Go say hello to them." I can't remember who it is. It's one of those ugly oh, eagles. Oh, ones. Um the one that begins with, it begins with a K. I can't even remember his name, but he's just he's hideous. And so I was like, "There's no way." I'm, That's I'm not the thing. Like this. I've realized, like my favorite thing in the game. Now, I think what's going to keep me back is like going villager hunting on mystery islands. Like that is where I find my fun. Like it feels like Pokemon shiny hunting. So like I will drop in the game occasionally sure. just to see if anyone's moving out because i'm like i've got 100 nook miles tickets ready to find a new one so like that's where i found my fun after my like 200 hours in it all right so uh let's hop into the mail pot this first one comes from asobi who wrote into me at uh pete at loopots.com just like you can and said hey there pete steve an unknown third person jokes on you it's four people this time asobi i just I miss one show by you. the way i miss one Here's show it's already unknown pixels left Last everyone week- with trust issues who knows when he's coming back who knows when anyone's coming back? The only thing you can depend on is that I will always be here. Maybe it's you, Chloe. Maybe you're the third. <laughs> That's not even true. Sometimes people tune in and it's me doing okay. the intro and it's got way Let's less be... energy and it's just like, you know. See, I've missed three episodes of the, what, 70, 79. So I'm 76 up. Let's count up how many you've missed, pal. <laughs> I must have only missed like six. Oh, I kind of missed okay. that many All right. Yeah, I seem to remember it a little differently when you had uh, 
you know, new relationship with Macaulay going on, but that's fine. Uh, hey, D- DJ missed one, and that's all that Yeah, because now he's on blast. <laughs> yeah, now, now I'm out. So, I mean, all right, there, there we go. Next week, we'll see. Maybe you'll get back into it. Because that's the thing. He, last week, he wrote to the three of us, and it wasn't you. It was AJ, and he was, I guess, really upset by that. Yeah, and that was it. He's like, DJ it took Pixel maybe, maybe what, like three, four shows before he got a, you know, an out. <laughs> Can I get a Pixel Gate 2020, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So here's my questions for this week's Mailpot. What are your favorite Pokemon spinoff games? Oh. We'll start there. XD DJ, and Coliseum. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the Aura region is like gorgeous. It's so gorgeous and it needs to come back, period. Someday. Maybe someday. Sure. <laughs> I think my when I for me it's uh I Pokemon Snap's great, obviously. Uh lots of fond memories of Pokemon Stadium one and two. I really like those post 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 games. Um because obviously in blue you didn't or blue and red you didn't really have a post game so getting to go and and do the stadium challenge was like an awesome uh like extra tier difficult thing with better ai and you got a pokemon reward at the end of it the mini games are great that was all cool two was even better had more stuff um but then i also really like a lot of the it's a pokemon skin on a familiar thing um like pokemon pinball both of them are amazing. That's, that's, that's like the best answer. pinball game. I was on gonna say Boy. that's the one. That's the one game I really want to get for the Game Boy. Ruby like, and Sapphire. Really that or... and the and the Kirby Tilt one. That one's good. I, I I love just the. I just love that like weird stuff that they did for the um, Game Boy. I like Ruby and Sapphire DJ. I only ever played that on um, emulators, which of course no, I didn't. Never. Would never oh, the original um, one was on the regular Game Boy, wasn't it? That was the one that I had as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I was. Could you? Could you count Pokemon um, Showdown as like a spinoff? Game? I wouldn't, because like it's like a fan-made like tool more so than anything. Um, but if you could, then absolutely, <laughs> that would be the best one. Uh, number two, what genres do you think are lacking a Pokemon spinoff game? Mobas, never mind. Moba, of course. <laughs> no uh, FPS, FPS for sure. Oh, FPS. now I'm listening. No, that's Pokemon, Pokemon you Battle actually... Royale for that. Um, no, you you actually play we... as um, Inteleon. And you're oh, you're sniping, <laughs> sniping from the roof. I'm in. I'm in. Are you? I'm in. I could go for like a a real time strategy game or a turn based strategy Ooh, game, like Pokemon um, RTS. If you did, <laughs> yeah, like well, like imagine if you did like Pokemon, um, a similar style to like Pokemon uh, Pokemon Rabbids, like you could yeah, do, you know, like you know, cross cross it with something and then like make it. Like I an think X the closest game. thing we I've came to that was pitch. Conquest. Conquest is pretty cool. I, I've got the pitch. I've got the pitch. So here's what we do. We're going to make a game for the Gen 1ers, right? We know Gen oh 1, most popular Gen. So what we do, right? We really explore the Pokemon War that we know canonically yeah. happened. What is the Pokemon and, War? Oh, oh, you Chloe, have to play so Gen 1 and 2. I'm intrigued. In the original game, uh, there are multiple mentions and, and points to the fact that a few years prior, there was a big war in the world of Pokemon. And that's why uh, many children, including the main character, don't have fathers. And Lieutenant Surge, the third gym leader, he's a war vet. With, like, major Um, PTSD. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. So Mm -hmm. It's insane. Pokemon War. It happened. That's the RTS. (laughs) You play as Lieutenant Surge. That is canon lore. You're on the front lines. You kill Ash's dad. Just be on your way. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, no, you don't kill him. You watch him. You watch him die. That's your best friend, and he dies. And and his as his blood is spurting out, Last of Us Two style. It's like that's when Lieutenant Surge knew he had. Pikachu goes Pika Pika, (laughs) and then dies too. It's really tragic. This is like this is like when old old people tell you about like back in the day. It's just like a Pokemon boomer. You really back in my day, there were only hundreds. Like how it all happened. Back in my day, Meryl was Pika Blue. <laughs> That's true. And we didn't know what the hell ho was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, what is the best Pokemon? He says, personal favorite, not best when it comes to ability. The best Pokemon mathematically, truthfully, in my heart, in my mind, all Don't across it. the board. It's Blastoise. Okay? Blastoise. I like... Blastoise, um, relax. What's it called? Dragapult, because he has the little like dragons in his head. <laughs> DJ's gonna laugh because I don't know any names and I describe them to him and he makes fun of me for my. No, it's funny. You do max raids. We'll, we'll do like max raids and you'll just you bring Dragapult every single time. But um, I also like Galarian. Is it Darumaka? That's like the first evolution. I think he's just like yeah, a, uh, Dar- yeah, Darumaka. Just a, yeah. a cute, uh, yeah, a cute little he boy. Is really cute. The Galarian mm. one. Yeah, he's yeah, and a little he's snow like boy. A little, little snow boy. <laughs> I like. I liked the Alo- some of the Alolan forms that they added in um, Let's Go Pikachu. They were cool. The, I like Is that the, the Diglett with the hair? <laughs> yes. The yeah, Chad Kroger, Ducktree. They didn't yeah. add them in Let's Go Pikachu, though, Steve. They added them in Sun and Moon. Okay, well, <laughs> they came into Let's Go Pikachu, and that's when I saw them. So as far as I'm concerned, that's where they really got added. Uh, what is the worst Pokemon? Same rules. Probably... Pidgey or Rattata. Oh, I remember no, catching tons them, of those in, like, Let's Go Pikachu. No, they're annoying. You... You go to catch something and you're like, oh. I think for me it's got to be, I think the worst Pokemon in design is is probably Voltorb and Electrode. Because it's literally just a Pokeball with a face. And I'm just like, I don't know, okay. I don't oh, know about yeah. this. I, I don't like, um, I don't like Magikarp either because he's just totally useless. And it really sounds like he's struggling to breathe. <laughs> Magikarp has lore though. Yeah, Magikarp he's lore, is lore. he evolves into Gyarados, bro. Yeah, he starts off like he's like, I'm powerless. I mean, that's cool, but he's just like useless and sounds like he's dying. It's really just just upsetting. Dude, the first hear. time I played Pokemon Blue, I bought that Magikarp that you, you can buy uh, in the, the Pokemon Center near the pewter gym and was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm evolving this motherfucker, and I had I trained myself a Gyarados, and it was yeah. it was it was very satisfying. All right, shout out to Mario Maker God Danny, best Asobi. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you writing in. This next one uh, comes from Left Eye Lazy, one of our Patreon supporters over on the Discord, and he says, with the Nintendo looking like it's breaking down its E3 presentation into single announcements for DLC slash games, what else do you expect to be announced throughout the summer? We got to get the Mario games. That's what I was gonna say. The an- the anniversary stuff, I think. Like, I feel like it was easy to be skeptical about it until they announced Paper Mario, and now I feel like it's just a waiting game to finish off the rest of those announcements. Even if it's just 3D World. Like, I think we're going to probably get something... I, I agree with you, Pete. I think it was you who said this, or agreed with somebody who said it in the Discord, where Paper Mario is going to come out. Late July, early August, we'll probably get something about, like, 3D World or the uh, mm-hmm. remasters. Or one of the remasters, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for 3D World, are you thinking just a port of the Wii U one? Is that what we're Yeah, thinking? maybe like Peachette or something comes over. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a yeah, new level. Yeah, a couple bells and whistles. Yeah. It's great as it is, but... Uh, aside from that, 
I don't really know. I don't Probably know if we're going to get right? much else because I really feel like Nintendo's plans were shaken this year, and I think things we might have gotten aren't happening. That's the thing. Like Nintendo were always difficult to predict anyway, and now we're in like unprecedented times with coronavirus shaking up everyone's plans. Mm-hmm. You can't really say anything with certainty at this point. Have you guys seen that they, they're kind of just abandoning the uh, indie world thing as well? They've just got like a new Twitter feed that they're just posting announcements and trailers onto instead. Really? So it seems like they may... I didn't see that. Yeah, it seems like they, they may have had like a presentation ready, but I'd, I would imagine some of the indie developers had to pull out because they weren't prepared. And so they've been like slowly posting some like indie trailers on what, Twitter. Um, what was the... What's the handle? Uh, one second, yeah, yeah. I'll find it. Um, all right, well, while you pull that up, uh, I'll ask uh, Matt's next question here, which is, any recommendations for a portable Switch charger? I find myself getting so frustrated needing to constantly play and having to need an outlet nearby, and I want an alternative. I stand by all of Anker's products, A-N-K-E-R. All of their products, portable chargers, out, um, what are they called? You know, the boxes, the um, converters, amazing. I stand by their stuff. Cool. You got it yet, Steve? Yeah, so it's Indie World NA. And today they announced like a new Avicii game. Interesting. Um, and then put some trailers oh, out for other stuff. This, this uh, isn't new, is like it? When did they make this? I, I don't know if it's new, but they're, they're posting stuff on here. Right? Yeah, it's saying the profile like a... was made March 2020, but I feel like I've followed this one for longer, but maybe they've I've followed like a UK yeah. one, maybe? It's strange. I don't know why it's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe you're following the... I don't know. It's interesting. So that transitions actually into this uh, <clears throat> this question from Asobi, who said, do you guys think that Nintendo might be going back to a pre-Iwata stage where information about games will be scarce and only release when it's necessary? This whole phase right now has been reminding me of how Nintendo seemed to be before the Wii. One thing that also caught my attention is how they've been changing Pokemon Directs to Pokemon Presents, which might suggest that they want to distance, distance themselves from Directs as a concept. Uh, food for thought. So, real quick, Asobi, we have addressed the directs thing in the past, I think, and if not, um, I'm going to put a bow on it right now, and I'm not going to answer this question again if it comes through, Um, which is uh, a lot of people are reading into things that are not things, um, and there's like a good amount of misinformation in terms of, I think, like characterizing some of these things as changes, right? So, these announcements are not taking the place of Pokemon Directs. They're taking the place of the Pokemon Presents press conferences that the Pokemon company has historically done this time of year um, in years that weren't marred by COVID. So that's not those. That's not information that would have been indirect. Uh, maybe Pokemon Snap, but most of that stuff is that, like, if you'll recall, that's how Pokemon Let's Go was originally announced. It was at one of these conferences, not at a direct. So um, that... I, I don't think that that factors into this other question. Um, and I don't believe that Nintendo is consciously moving away from directs. I think that in 2020, Nintendo's resources are limited um, by the ongoing quarantine situation. And Steve has made the point in previous episodes about how Japanese infrastructure isn't as prepared for work from home as the West. Um, so those are factors that are at play for them as well. And resources being put towards making a direct are resources that are, you know... Um, potentially impacting other things that need to get accomplished. So... Yep, I agree. But I do also think the factor of um, 
they've kind of been doing it already. That you'll see announcements very close to when a game's released. Like, say, for example, Paper Mario. Yeah. Then we got like the, a little bit more information. I think that's because of what happened with Metroid Prime, and they felt, they must have felt really burnt by like having to release that additional video, essentially apologizing that the game wasn't up to scratch, and they were having to start again because they announced that extremely early. Uh, the same with Bayonetta 3. We've seen nothing more about that. We don't even know if it's still in development. Um, so I, I think there's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, COVID's obviously been a huge factor this year. But also, they're not w ready to announce things until they know it's going to happen. They don't want the same thing with Metroid Prime to happen to anything else. I think you're totally correct about that. And I, I think that um, to take it back to Asobi's first question here, that do you think we'll be going to like a pre Awada stage where information is more more scarce? No. Do you think it'll only be released when it's necessary? Yes. I think it's one of those things as well where Nintendo have proven that they don't need a huge like marketing cycle to sell games. And if anything, doing all that promotion yeah. months in advance is a cost that like they don't actually. It's proven that they don't need to do it a lot of the time. So even out like post Corona world, it's sort of like they've proven again and again that they don't need to hype things up months in advance. People are going to buy it either way. So I think obviously more information as we go is good, but I think they're realizing that it's actually not necessary to like sell games anymore. I also think like when you think about directs, what's the percentage of first party to third party games? You've got to think there's not just Nintendo as well that are in those those directs, it's their publishing partners as well. And if those development houses or publishers are having issues getting games out because of coronavirus, then they're not going to be able to contribute to the, the Direct. So if, if Nintendo's only got like one thing to show, like the Paper Mario game, for example, then may, everything else in that may have been like Bioshock or uh, Borderlands or whatever, um, then why do an entire Direct to show one trailer when you can just put it out? Agreed. So, okay, yeah, this last one from the mail pot comes from uh, Trendy Brendy, who asks, anything from... Uh, NGPX, what was it? New Game Plus Expo? Yeah, New Game Plus Expo, thank you. I was like, I know what he's talking about, but I can't remember what the hell it was called because it was such a, like, video gamey name. Um, I'm definitely interested in Sharon the Wanderer 5 getting translated for Switch since I could always use more Mystery Dungeon games. Aside from that, there wasn't really a wow moment for me. Uh, yeah, I gotta agree. I was very underwhelmed by that presentation. Um, and I think Max... Uh, from the team summed it up best where he said like i feel like most of these games look like they could be in the same franchise um and that's a feeling i have about a lot of this tier of japanese games um and like i don't mean that to sound dismissive obviously i'm here on a nintendo podcast like there are plenty of japanese games that i really love that really resonate with me um but i think when you compare some of these like very generic looking jrpgs or like action role-playing game type things and like you compare them to something like persona 5 which is like dripping with personality and like has a very distinct striking style and you know it's just like yeah like i i didn't think there was not only not a wow moment i didn't really feel like there were any games that were even like remotely interesting to me um in like a serious way yeah, I, I thought the only game that caught my eye was um, uh, Curse of the Moon 2. But that's just because I have a history with Bloodstained, and I was a backer for a long time. 
And so I kind of, you know, I was kind of wrapped up in that. So seeing a sequel to like the 8-bit game that was originally, um, what do they call them? Like the Milestones? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, was kind of cool because apparently that was, uh, that ended up being like a passion project. So that was cool. But other than that, I agree. Yeah, there was, uh, I mean, I kind of thought that there would have been a wow moment. I thought maybe we would have seen, because I think Atlas said they were going to be there. So I thought maybe we would have seen some more stuff from that. But it turned out it was just Catherine so full body. And there was like, we'd already. I was really hoping they were going to show Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, you guys got trolled so hard. We're, would be nice. After like five years. Would be nice. You guys got <laughs> fucked over. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the thing that I wanted to see. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm not that specifically, but a thing from Atlas. Because I was like, you I know, give a shit about Atlas. You know what's now. even worse? It, yeah. It, the thing the, the thing you have to get over with, though, Pete, is when they, Shin Megami Tensei does get announced, it's going to be another year until we get it oh, in yeah. the West, unless you can unless you can reach well, that's fine. So, I don't, I don't so. mind waiting for it to like come out and be translated. If they had told me at that event, oh, hey, it's coming out in Japan in two years, you'll get it the year after that, I'd be like, okay. Like, at least I, like, there's a finish line in the, you know, in the distance now but like i think about how persona 5 was announced in like 2011 as like a 2013 game and then it came out five years yeah. later than that I'm like <laughs> we're never playing shin Megami tensei i don't even know if there's anything that they've done yet it's been three years they're probably still doing pre-bro <laughs> <laughs> persona 5 came out on ps3 in japan so it came out here too uh, they, they had a good time oh did it come out on ps3 in, in north america, america too? Yeah. i think we only got ps4 in the uk hmm. so yeah uh not not a great one not a great one. Disappointed by that presentation for sure. Uh, so the last story of the day here um, is going to take us into our main topic, which is that Nintendo is uh, moving away from working on mobile games after the success of Animal Crossing. Um, we, there's a great report from Bloomberg uh, by Takeshi Mochizuki, which you can check out. Um, and yeah, I don't really want to like spend time reading it or anything, but basically they... They're moving away because they they're disappointed by the results, um, and they had very like high ambitions for the mobile market, and they really just I, I guess they overall feel like they have not seen the returns that they were expecting, and it's a I guess they just feel like it's not worth it anymore, um, and they they basically said here uh, we have a quote saying from the from Nintendo's president. Uh, we are not necessarily looking to continue releasing many new applications for the mobile market. Um, and that was like a little bit ago, and then now we have the official confirmation of like we're kind of done with this. And I, 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 they have plans to continue um, supporting the games that exist. But uh, if you end up checking out the article, there's like a great little um, you know example thing where they show like how games like Dragalia Lost uh, and Super Mario Run lost money um so while they have had some successes in the space uh it it really hasn't panned out like they thought it would and looking at how insanely successful animal crossing has been for them um you kind of can't blame them for wanting to to double down on on what's working and what is currently making them a truckload of money it does surprise me though because i mean maybe less so with the switch but i feel like nintendo's strategy for a really long time was to target like the non-games like especially in the wii era it was always like all the party games yeah. that 
would like entice new people and even with the switch as well they're clearly like staying out of the like xbox vps4 like console war market so i'm surprised that their mobile, mobile games didn't do as well as like targeting the people that don't have a console because obviously there's no like upfront cost to trying out these mobile apps like anyone who has a smartphone can just download one and try it out and that makes me think maybe they took the wrong approach to it like i know the like microtransaction model that is inherent to mobile games is sort of like necessary to like survive but i'm surprised like stuff like mario kart tour didn't catch on because like i like most of my friends don't play games full stop and like the news of mario kart tour they're all really into it and all downloaded it but it never stuck which makes me think their approach to it was the issue from my perspective like i think none of their games have that mobile loop that most mobile games have which get you to come back to progress and then wait or pay or and there's always that loop it's always that i need to get to the next stage or i need to do the next thing with nintendo's games it was never really that like super mario run was their like first proper attempt we have mitomo which i think you know they should have persisted with because i enjoyed mitomo um, but then Super Mario Run was their like first proper attempt, but they like charged nine ninety nine for it. There was no way in hell anyone was gonna pay nine ninety nine for a mobile game. You got like one level, and then you had to pay nine ninety nine to unlock the rest of it. And it's like who's doing that on a well, mobile? Well, the reality is, I don't Nobody. think these games are that good, which is another problem. Um, you know, like uh, there's a actually a quote here from uh, an analyst named Hideki Yasuda from Ace Research Institute, who is saying that. Um, Gotcha is really the only lucrative business model in mobile games, and particularly in Japan. And he's saying that even for Nintendo to go down that path, to Steve's point, would really be unsuccessful. And he says, here, you need an active, long-running franchise with hundreds of attractive characters to make a good gotcha game. And then you need to keep adding new characters each month to retain players. Fire Emblem is the only Nintendo franchise capable of doing that. Yeah. Well, they tried Um, with Tor. obviously... Yeah, right. And I think... The reason Tor didn't work is that it just wasn't very good. Well, Mario Kart Gotcha just it doesn't uh, that doesn't really feel right. Like Dragalia makes sense, Fire Emblem makes sense, Mario Kart, eh, no. Like you can see the idea of like you steer with the phone and whatever, but like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just I, it's tough. So I, I do have to say it's interesting because like I I'm very surprised that that they are backing off this hard because it is something that they've been trying for a few years, but it didn't ever seem like a thing that they were like disappointed by the returns. And I wonder if they would have made this decision if animal crossing hadn't been such a big success to think like, why the hell are we diverting resources into these, you know, these projects that are not really going anywhere when we could double down and make exclusive software for our console that's selling like crazy. And that software on the console sells incredibly well. The way I interpreted it was, I feel like if they were truly, truly failures, we would have known about it sooner. Because I remember going back a few years, all we saw was how their venture into the mobile market was successful. Like in terms of like, wow, these numbers are pretty impressive, but we don't get a lot of the back end stuff. How much does it cost to produce a Mario run? You know what I mean? Or so like, the what was their expectation for it too? Or their expectation, right? Versus a hey, how much does like uh, how much do we expect from like an Animal Crossing or a Mario Odyssey? They they must there must be something that we don't know 
that's making them think, hey, and uh, Animal Crossing was probably, you know, the first that we've we've seen where it's like, oh, so this is what they're expecting. This is what they they kind of want to do from now on. And I hope it works. We benefit from it. Yeah, I'm glad they've like come to this conclusion. But part of me wonders, maybe like Pokemon Go, where it felt like everyone was playing it for weeks, is they were trying to like replicate yeah. that with another Nintendo IP. And I know they didn't really have much to do with Pokemon Go as an app, but obviously mm-hmm. it's a Nintendo IP. They've got so many people interested in the series they might not have touched for years, if not ever. So I'm wondering if they were just expecting those kind of results with this new stuff and it just didn't didn't go that way. I mean... Pokemon's like seems to be the only one that's like had a massive success on yeah. mobile, but even then they've had a lot of misses. Do you remember that like Magikarp jump oh, dude, I game mean, that they released? They announced like, like three Pokemon mobile games last week too, though. Is the thing? There's like dozens. Yeah, we got of like that like cafe mix. There's um, what's the like the uh, the like one they released last? Oh, with year? all the, the trainers, like, masters. I think Pokemon masters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh no, there's that one. But then there was also like the one that was like like uh, also came out on Nintendo Switch. Oh, like um, uh, the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, quest? quest. Yeah, quest. Yeah, quest. Yeah, Pokemon Quest about. as well. Did any of these were any of these like successful? I don't know, know. but that's the thing well, is Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't have anything to do with those. Those are all Pokemon <laughs> Company. You know. Yeah. What I, what I don't get though is like Nintendo have announced like a few other games like Doctor Mario, for example, is meant to be coming to mobile. Is that, that like, already cancelled now? Yeah, come yeah, out. yeah. Isn't that kind of gotcha too? Yeah. Didn't it get an update with like a really weird like baby Wario today or like this week? Did anyone see it? It, it did. I saw this oh picture and I was like, what is that? That almost made the news, but there was too many other things to talk about. <laughs> I what I don't get is though why it's why are they costing them so much? I thought they outsourced most of them to mobile DNA, partners like line and dna and, but i mean like they and it still takes resources though you know it's like making a game doesn't cost nothing and even if it breaks even or if it makes a little bit of money why why invest resources and why invest in relationships and stuff like that that are not going to pay dividends and that don't feed into your console market which is the bottom line for your company and like especially when nintendo is like currently expanding out into doing like more movies and they're working with Universal like they are growing as a company it's the same reason that it didn't make sense for Disney to have vid- a video game studio that they owned right but it makes sense for them to license out their IP for other developers you know because at the end of the day even if like Disney Infinity was making some amount of money or even if Fire Emblem Heroes is making some amount of money is it making enough to justify owning a 10% stake in DNA is it worth owning a studio that only makes these games that none of your real fans care about and aren't connecting with the market that you're trying to capture. Like who are these games for then, you know? And like, what value do they add to your portfolio when you could be like, well, fuck it. Why don't we, why don't we try to make a new IP like animal crossing, right? Or like Splatoon, which has made a ton of money and merch and all this other crap. Like why bother? Um, and there's another quote I wanted to add here to contextualize that I thought was interesting. And this comes from uh, Sir Antoto, who's a mobile games consultant in Tokyo. And he was saying, uh, since the release of Mario Kart Tour in fall 2019, Nintendo's mobile pipeline is en- empty. In a sense, Nintendo's enormous success on console reduced the need and the pressure to put resources into mobile. And that is, I think, a huge wrinkle in this conversation, right? Is that when Nintendo started getting into the mobile market, 
they were not where they are now. They didn't have the Switch. They didn't have uh, Animal Crossing becoming the highest-selling digital download game in March ever, right? Or breaking all these records. And, you know, like, that's... The, the the financial realities of where the company was then and what the mobile market like promise looked like for them then are way different than in 2020 after they've put a bunch of time and effort into these games and seen nothing really and then i think the last uh quote i'll leave you with is another one from toto here he says new smartphone games will come but it's very likely these will just be alibi releases to appease shareholders and I love that he called them alibi releases of like, no, 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 we're still making mobile games. I know you gave us like billions of dollars for this, but like, we're still doing it. So I think I it's one of those things it. where like maybe like Nintendo, Nintendo do have like a lot of hardcore fans that have consumed Nintendo games in a very similar way throughout the years. And like, no one's going to pay £30 for a mobile game. It's just not the way that sort of medium works. And I also don't think the traditional Nintendo fans are going to be prepared to put in the microtransaction like payments to enjoy the games as they were developed so it's unless you're targeting like trying to get like new interest in like existing ips it just like yeah you can get people into a free-to-play game if you want to make money off it back through the microtransactions i think nintendo's core audience is not going to do that and it's like why not develop free-to-play games for the switch which like you could see more money for you know like that that's a, a thing that is probably going to work out better for them. And games that they could have put on mobile, they could make less, you know, like mobile oriented and make them a Switch release, you know? They did that with the Super Kirby Clash, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Right. Game. Totally similar kind of thing. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like those are better investments for them. Like, why not feed into your hardware market and strengthen the Switch market, which is booming right now? So I think uh, that's that's where we'll leave it for today. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Podcast. Uh, remember, if you want to show your support, give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Subscribe to the RSS so that you catch our episodes when they go live every Monday morning. Uh, you can catch us at LootPots.com, on YouTube.com slash LootPots, on Twitch.tv slash LootPots every Thursday, uh, Tuesday, and sometimes Sunday. I don't know. Um, Hmm. Patreon. Go to the Patreon and give us uh, support at that $1 level and you'll get access to our Patreon exclusive show After Dark, which we're about to hop into right now. So thank you again for joining us. We'll catch you next week for another episode of the Podcast.